sorry about the little hiccup with the words, but we got there in the end. You're all right, Kat, don't you worry. <laughs> so, good morning and welcome here today to London Road. You can't hear me? Oh. My husband doesn't say that, but there we are. Can you hear me now? Lovely. I really was going to do that thing with... But anyway, that's fine. So anyway, my name is Liz, and along with my husband, Andy, we will be leading the service today. Whether you are a regular, or if this is your first time, we give you all a very warm welcome. We're going to take up our offering now. If you haven't come prepared, then please just don't worry. Let the bags pass you by. But let's, you lose, let's use this time to chat to those around you. Um, it was quite nice hearing the hubbub um, as we came in. But um, carry on those conversations just while we take up our offering this morning. That's great, lovely. Thank you, stewards, um, for the job that you do each week. I could call order. 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 <laughs> Let's continue with our service this morning. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the gifts that have been received here today and through our banks. May they be used with wisdom to do your work here at London Road, at Witten and in the wider community. And as we continue in prayer, we want to lift Esther and the chaplaincy team to you, as today they are joining with others in the community at a wellbeing fair at East Point Pavilion. And as we pray, I'm going to leave space for you to picture what I've said and for you to say your own prayer. So, Father, we picture Esther and we pray for her today. We picture the chaplains helping her, and though we don't know their names, we lift them to you. We picture East Point Pavilion and we pray for protection over that building the whole time that they are there. And we pray for the people that they will meet, for the conversations they will have with them, and for breakthroughs to happen with them. We thank you for the work that Esther and her chaplaincy team do within the town and for the breakthroughs that they have already had with people. Thank you for the relationships that the team have built with the retail workers and the shop owners in the town centre. May this continue to grow and may the town community and the chaplaincy team be always blessed. We pray for those who believe in you, your church around the world. Forgive us for trying to win arguments instead of winning people. 
Help us to remember that we are all part of one body. Help us to love one another in such a way that the world sees you amongst us. Amen. I think Ray's now coming up. Are you using my mic? If you're, a ch- oh dear. if you're a church member, you would have known that we had deacons' elections uh, last week, and um, there were two uh, deacons to be re-elected, and myself and Anna were re-elected. But we have two new deacons, uh, Anna, uh, Lynn and Ian. So I'd like Lynn and Ian to come up, and I'd like to pray for them as they start off on their journey of being deacons. Ha! <laughs> With fear and trepidation, they come up. (laughs) Come and stand here. Right, I'll just pray for you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you call people to serve in your church. And we thank you for Lynn and Ian as they have come forward and they've heard your call. And we pray, Lord, that uh, as they serve, it will be a great blessing to them, that it will be a great blessing to us as well. So, Lord, we pray for them. We pray, Lord, you will give them your wisdom. You will give them your discernment and you will give them to know your way. So, Lord, we lift them up to you. We thank you for them and we pray, Lord, that this will be a blessed time for them. For we ask this in thy name. Amen. The Lord is great and deserves all of our praise. No one can fully understand his greatness. Let's stand and sing praises rising.
in every verse that his faithful love will last forever. Praise the Lord because he is good. His faithful love will last forever. Praise the God of gods. His faithful love will last forever. Praise the Lord of lords. His faithful love will last forever. And this continues all the way through to verse 26. Praise the God of heaven. His faithful love will last forever.
Philippians 2. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honoured him far beyond anyone or anything ever, so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long ago dead and buried, will bow in worship before this Jesus Christ and call out in praise that he is the master of all to the glorious honour of God the Father.
worship to a close, we go back to Psalm 145. I will tell of your greatness, my God and King. I will praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. I will praise your name forever and ever.
Father God, thank you that we can stand here with our heart abandoned, with our arms high, Lord, um, in awe of you. Thank you, Lord, that through this we are, know that we are saved and that we are loved. Help us to continue to have our arms stretched out to you, Lord. Amen. Please take your seats and... Um, I'll just pray for Ben before he starts. Father God, uh, thank you that uh, Ben is here with us today. Thank you that you have laid on his heart what you want him to bring to us. Lord, may the words that he speaks uh, be of you, may they resonate with us um, in whatever way that you have prepared our hearts for. So, Lord, thank you for Ben. Thank you um, that we can uh, just embrace the fact that we um, can hear a different story from somebody else and know, Lord, that um, we can find peace within that. I ask this in your name. Amen. Great. Thanks, Liz. Um, great to be with you guys this morning. Um, if you don't know who I am, my name's Ben, surprisingly enough. That's how I was introduced. That is my name. Um, and I'm uh, part of Lowestoft Community Church, uh, just up the road. We do lots of stuff with you guys over many years and have long, lots of relationships. So it's great to be with you this morning. Um, I'm going to speak this morning just on uh, a passage from Matthew, just one of the parables that that Jesus brought. And um, it strikes me that sometimes in life we need a bit of encouraging, don't we? And sometimes in life we need a bit of uh, a warning, a bit of a, a kind of a kick out the backside sometimes as well, don't we? Yeah, anyone like that? Sometimes you need some encouragement, sometimes you need a bit of a warning and a bit of a shake. So maybe you're in one of those two camps this morning. Uh, my background work-wise is I'm a physiotherapist, uh, so I spend some of my week working as a physiotherapist in the NHS. And when I'm working with people that are in pain or recovering from injury or got arthritis, those kind of things, uh, the goal always is to try and get people moving and get them more active again, isn't it? Yeah? Um, that's my kind of goal as a physio, is to get people more active and, and recovering from whatever's going on with their body. Um, and some patients need a bit of an arm around their shoulder just to say, look, you're doing really well, well done, keep going, keep up the good work. You know, they need that encouragement. Um, and some of them just need a big kick up the backside to say, stop being so lazy, stop being, you know, you're going to be in pain, suck it up, get on with it. You've got to get pushed through it because you're never going to get better if you don't do that. So hopefully this morning uh, we can have a little bit of both of those things. So you might need an arm around your shoulder. I think God's got some stuff for you this morning. If you need to kick up the backside, then get ready because uh, I think there's some of that in here as well. Okay, so the parable we're going to look at today is in uh, Matthew 13, and that's verses 31 to 33. So just a nice short bit of scripture to read. Um, and if, you don't, if you're not familiar with the Bible, if you're kind of new to church or new to the Christian faith, Jesus spoke a lot in parables, um, which on first reading, they're just really odd. You think, 
why don't you just say what you mean? Uh, but Jesus was very good at kind of talking in short stories uh, that had like a hidden meaning to them. So people would go away and sometimes they'd always scratch in their head and thinking, what on earth is Jesus talking about? But actually when you dig into it, there's a hidden meaning about for those people at the time, but also for, for us now. So some of these stories, they're great stories to read. Jesus was an amazing storyteller, uh, but they're kind of short stories that have a hidden meaning. So Matthew 13 and verse 31, it's the parable of the mustard seed and the leaven. It says, he put, um, he put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Strange little stories that Jesus talks there, but he brings us principles here that are understandable for us to apply to our life right now, uh, that we can understand more about him, but also how we can walk out this Christian life. So let's start with the encouragement. That's always a good place to start, isn't it? What's the encouragement that we can find in this parable? Well, I think what Jesus is telling his disciples, and therefore those of us here this morning who follow him, who identify ourselves as Christians, would have that relationship with God. He's talking to them about some principles of the kingdom of God that they needed to know if they were going to avoid some despondency to come. Do you remember these guys, they spent three years walking with Jesus, uh, they had an incredible time. They saw him do miracles, do amazing teaching. I mean, they, they got to hang out with Jesus, the Son of God. But Jesus knew that it wasn't always going to be easy for them. It wasn't always going to be kind of unicorns and, and, and stardust, you know, going forward. That we know, don't we, that when we read in Acts, they had a really tough time. And Jesus was kind of trying to prepare them a little bit for what was to come. Because they knew that there was going to be times ahead where there was disappointment and disappointment for them and despondency, times when things got tough. And I suspect for for most of us who are Christians here today, though actually, certainly my experience is that we can quite quickly develop a negative attitude around some things to do with faith. And we can quite easily get kind of a bit low, we can get a bit apathetic, we can even get sometimes a bit cynical about things because things aren't always easy as a Christian. They certainly haven't been for me, and I'm sure that's true of everybody here. And if it hasn't, if it's been just amazing for you right from day one, then come up here and tell us about it uh, because we'd love to know the secret. The reality is, is that it's hard at times, isn't it, being a Christian. And it's not that we ever set out to be negative, I don't think anybody, any Christian woke up one day saying, right, it's been great so far, but now I want to change. I'm going to get really grumpy as a Christian. I'm going to get really negative. I'm going to get a bit kind of apathetic. And actually, I might just get a bit cynical about stuff as well. It doesn't happen like that, does it? No one wakes up one day and suddenly decides they're going to become negative. But after a while of, of being a Christian and following Christ, you find out that you don't win every single battle. That not all of your prayers are answered that actually disappointments come along and they, they just knock you, don't they, sometimes? Yeah? Can anyone relate to that? Yeah? There's a few people that can relate to that. Maybe I'm just talking to myself this morning. I'm just kind of like, you know, you're, you're listening into my own therapy session, okay? But it's true, isn't it? There's things come along, they knock us, and they kind of just chip away sometimes at that positivity that we have. Where maybe you once had great faith that you could believe God can do all the impossible things, 
suddenly you kind of find yourself now living with a bit lower expectations. So instead of praying for this to happen, you know, someone to be healed, you now start praying for them just to have a good day or feel a bit better. Or maybe your financial situation is really tough and you, you once were praying, God, clear me of debt. And now you're just saying, God, just give me enough to, to kind of have some food today. Uh, our expectations get lowered when we get disappointed, don't we? Because actually that's our protective mechanism. If I don't expect too much, I'm not going to get disappointed. And we can project that sometimes onto God after time. We get a bit weary. Um, just to, uh, People get excited about things to do with God, and you're thinking, yeah, 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 but you'll probably get disappointed at some point. You're sitting there quietly in your heart thinking, oh, that's really nice that you're really naively full of faith. Uh, but, you know, I was like that once. But after a while, it kind of just beaten me down a bit. So how does this parable help us? If you're feeling this morning a little bit despondent, maybe you're feeling a little bit knocked, maybe you just kind of find that there isn't that rise of faith, even maybe when we sing some of those songs, you think, I believe that to be true, but I'm just not feeling it in my heart. I just, I've, you know, maybe just you've retreated a bit in your heart. How do these, these parables that Jesus spoke, how do they help us? Well, the main thing it helps us is that Jesus is saying in here that things in his kingdom will always start small, but they'll end up being big and influential. He's saying that principle that actually things will always start small, but actually in his kingdom there's going to be a much bigger influence than you can ever imagine. You see, a mustard seed is very small, isn't it? Yep, I haven't got one here, but they're very, very small, aren't they? But there is life in that seed. There's, there's something intangible. There's life in that seed. And, and it can grow to be incredibly fruitful. Like that parable says, it can grow to be a massive, great tree and actually a place where birds and other people find refuge and rest. You can get shade in that tree. But it starts from an incredibly small thing, doesn't it? And that's massively encouraging to us because Jesus is kind of saying, look, you mustn't get discouraged when you don't see much happening. You mustn't get discouraged when things from your kind of efforts, your, your kind of small efforts, you think, well, nothing happens from that. When I pray, nothing happens that you can see. When you're kind of helping people or, or maybe you're spending time with people trying to encourage them and nothing changes in their life, nothing changes in your life. You think, oh, I've been trying at this and trying at this, but actually my little efforts just don't seem to be bearing any fruit whatsoever. But actually what Jesus is saying is, look, there's some small things, actually there's life in those small things and that we shouldn't just kind of discard those things and actually um, we, if we stick at things if we're faithful in that small mustard seeds there's an incredible amount in his kingdom that can happen way beyond we would ever imagine we can have an influence way beyond what we even imagine even beyond our lifetime that actually things that you do now will have an impact potentially for God's kingdom for many years to come and even after you've gone to be with him that, that's how it works in his kingdom. It's not like our environment now and our society where really we expect an instant response, don't we, for everything we do. You know, if you, if you, there should be a quick response. We do this and then that should happen or we see something happen and it's very instant. But God's kingdom just isn't like that. It's about small mustard seeds that over time have a big effect. But it's really frustrating because I'd love it to be a lot quicker, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you love to see kind of like, you know, we've done this thing or we've done that, we've invested in a new project and suddenly we've seen all that fruitfulness or hang on, look, I spent all this time praying. I really want to see some big results from this prayer. But Jesus is saying, look, my kingdom's a bit different. Set your expectations different. This is about small things that become big over time. 
I mean, the obvious example is just those 11 disciples, isn't it, that Jesus was with, who after Jesus had ascended to heaven, they kick-started a kingdom revolution that has led to sort of 2,000 years later, an estimated 2 billion people across the planet are identifying themselves as being Christian, let alone all the people that have lived between over the last 2,000 years that have said they're Christian and followed Christ. And that's from 11 people. Obviously, Judas wasn't part of the picture. Those 11 um, that walked with Jesus, look at the effect that's had. 2,000 years, years later, it's not dying out. We're only here this morning because of the, the, what Jesus invested in those disciples and they went out and told the world. That, that's an incredible kingdom principle, isn't it? If you imagine you went to a business owner or something like that, went to the bank and asked for a loan for a business startup and said, I'm going to start with 11 people um, and in 2,000 years' time, there'll be 12 billion, um, 2 billion people on the planet will be, will be following our business plan, let alone all the people between now and then. So you're talking like tens of billions of peoples. They'd never believe you, would you? But that's, that's the kingdom of God. Small seeds lead to big trees. You see, similarly, it's true that a small amount of yeast, they talk about leaven in there, that's kind of yeast that you would make bread with. That only a small amount of yeast is needed to affect the whole lot of bread and to cause it to rise. I'm not a baker, I don't make bread, but I believe that you only need a small little bit of yeast to put in the dough to actually cause it to rise and to, and to become bread. Is that correct? Who's, who bakes bread here? Yeah, that's true. You don't need like tons of yeast. No, nope, just a little bit, and then it makes the whole thing have that. And that's another analogy of what Jesus is saying is that the kingdom of God is like. It's this powerful kind of kingdom that something seemingly small will have a big influential effect. Think about just Jesus himself, one person who, think about the influence he's had on society. A whole calendar is built around Jesus, isn't it? You know, our, our year now is based on how many years since he was, on, uh, he was born. Our holidays, many laws, are all built around a biblical kind of thing. Think about his influence that he's had. How many social reforms in our, in our world have had their roots in the kingdom of God? Uh, things like health care and the law and other things. A lot of those have their roots in, in, in the Bible and in Christian culture. Again, think about that influence. A small little bit of yeast. Jesus has had an disproportionate effect. Because it's so easy for us to watch the news. Uh, stories on the internet and just feel disheartened. To look around us and think, really, where is the kingdom of God. It's easy for us to look around our town and if we club together all the people that are Christians in our town that are all gathering together in churches around the town this morning, um, we'd be a pretty small percentage of our town, wouldn't we? A very small drop in quite a big ocean and we look around us and think, well, where, God, where are you working? What, what is the, where is the kingdom of God? You talked about big powerful things but I'm not sure if I see it all around me, maybe in your workplace or in your school or in your college or uh, wherever you, you kind of hang out during the week with your friendship group, you look and you think, hang on, I'm the only Christian here, or there's, where's, where's the kingdom of God here? But actually, um, it's so easy for us to kind of get stuck in that place, but what Jesus is spelling out here, right to those disciples, right at the beginning, saying that the kingdom, there's a promise that it's going to start small, but it will grow to be large and influential. There's an unstoppable process that Jesus has instigated in his kingdom. So we need to be encouraged and not lose heart. It's not just true of, of, the, of the big scope of Christianity, it's true in your life as well. Your seemingly small prayers that you feel are never answered, never heard, 
and, and, and you're kind of thinking, I'm just giving up on them, don't, don't, don't. Because the kingdom of God principle is that their small little mustard seeds will become big and influential. It might be beyond your lifetime. It might be in your lifetime, but it's a long process. Jesus is saying, don't expect instant results. Actually, you, f- you feed into the right thing. You sow into the right things, and there will be a harvest. So if you need encouragement this morning, then be encouraged. Okay? If you're feeling disappointed and despondent and just switching off, then Jesus is saying, no, 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 come on. In my kingdom, it's different. Get back in, into the game, and together we can see something amazing happen. So if that's the encouragement, what's, what's the warning? Well, it's not too bad a warning, okay? Don't, 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 I'm not going to start shouting at you or anything like that. Um, but the warning is that both the mustard seed and yeast have life in them themselves. They intrinsically have life in them, don't they? That's, that's the whole point but they do require the right conditions to grow. If you have uh, like kind of a, a mustard seed on my hand right now and, just, and, I, and I just had it there, like that, it's not going to grow into a mustard tree, is it? Just by being there. There's loads of, otherwise in garden centers, it would be like chaos, wouldn't it? If you know, guard these packets of seeds would just be like growing everywhere out of these packets. They're there in a packet, but they require the right conditions to actually grow, don't they? Yep. That's true. I was, I was imagining now going into, into kind of garden centers and before your eyes, all these packets are bursting open and they're growing into trees. It's just not like that. They're these little things, but they require certain conditions in order to grow. Yeast in a packet won't ferment and expand itself. It needs the right conditions. So both of those things need water, they need warmth, and they need a food source in order to grow. Those particularly mustard and yeast, they need water, warmth, and a food source in order to grow. So you have to get the right conditions, and then what do you get? You get a mustard tree. You get uh, yeast fermenting and expanding and becoming into bread. And this is also true of the kingdom of God. So it is his kingdom, and he brings the life. So we know that we can't make things happen. We can't make prayers answered. We can't see people come to faith. We can't see the world change. We can't do that ourselves. It's got to be a work of God, hasn't it? We know that. We, we believe that he supernaturally works in us and through us. But there's also, so, so the life comes from God, but there's also a sense where he's looking for the right conditions in order to see that life birthed and come together. There's this amazing work between us and God to see his kingdom come. That's why he chooses the church. That's why he chooses his people to work in and through. God could override us completely and he could just go and do loads of stuff everywhere and we could just see well it's amazing there's a miracle happened over there and this has happened and suddenly all these people you know had a vision of Jesus and they've come to come to faith but that's not how Jesus has chosen to work he's chosen to work in and through his people so there's a sense where there's the life that he brings but he also is looking for the right conditions for that life to come forth it isn't inevitable that these things will happen He's looking for the right conditions. So therefore, he's looking for these spiritual conditions in our hearts in order to see his life come about. So what would be the the parallels between the water, warmth, and food in a spiritual sense? Well, firstly, you could say the water is the life of the Holy Spirit. In John 7, it says this, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. 
Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So Jesus is saying here that actually he's making this, this kind of uh, picture of the Holy Spirit like being water that's being poured out upon his people, the supernatural life of God. And so we could say, well, actually, in order for this mustard seed to grow into a tree, for this yeast to kind of ferment and expand, then one of the conditions is, is water. It needs water. Therefore, in spiritually for us, we need to be full of the Holy Spirit. We need to be doing exactly what Jesus said there. It's coming to him and saying, Holy Spirit, I need your supernatural power in me today. I can't do this on my own. I need your strength. I need your empowerment in order to, to walk out this Christian life. To see your kingdom advance isn't something I can do on my own. I need you, Holy Spirit, in my life to see that happen. So the, the, one of the spiritual conditions is water. We need the life of the Spirit in our hearts and in our church communities in order to see the kingdom advance. The second one is the warmth, isn't it? And that, I think, really, we can see is the, uh, the love of the Father, that sense of us knowing more and more how loved we are by God. It brings a warmth into us that brings a spiritual condition that enables growth and expansion to happen. In 1 John 3, it says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. You see, so many of us as Christians don't necessarily always live in a place that we know that God is pleased with us. So often because of maybe life's experiences or just how we're wired, we tend to think uh, maybe God is a bit displeased with us, a bit disappointed with us, or uh, I never can do enough. That, that maybe is why he doesn't answer my prayers, is that he's a bit annoyed with me or fed up with me. Um, or it might be that he's just more interested in other people that seem to be better Christians than me. They're better Christians. God probably loves them more than he loves me. And that, the effect over time of that is that it just cold, it's, it kind of cools our heart towards God. There's not a warmth there because we just feel like we're, you know, oh, well, I'm, I'm kind of in his family, but I'm a bit like the, the outcast or the one that's sitting at the, the, the one on the table that nobody wants to sit next to or those kind of things. Yeah, actually, that doesn't, and mobilize us to, to kind of in God's kingdom. If, we, if we're constantly believing that he doesn't really love us, even though the truth of it is that we're called his children, that his love towards us is unconditional, it's, it's poured out into our lives, then actually we're, we're missing something there, and it doesn't create the conditions that he's looking for to bring life. You see, when we, when we miss this, when we miss how much God loves us as individuals through Jesus, then we're missing out on something spectacular. Um, and it changes us completely. It, it, it brings a security and a confidence, not in ourselves, but in him, that enables the conditions for his kingdom to grow. So there's the water of the Spirit, and there's the warmth of the love of the Father. And the third condition, really, for kind of see kingdom growth is, is a food source, isn't it? And that really is the mission of Jesus. In John 4, verse 34, it says this, Jesus said to them, to his disciples, my food is to do the will who sent me and to accomplish his work. See, Jesus was saying that actually what, what I feed on, what my purpose is, is to do the will of the Father and to accomplish what he has set out for me to do. And therefore, that needs to be our food as well. That needs to be the thing that actually we are uh, cheering on and, and getting to grips with and brings us energy is that sense of actually I'm not here just for myself I'm not just here on this planet 
just to, to look after myself, to be happy as I can be, um, and then go off to heaven. That actually he's given us a mission to, to spread this love of God to the world around us, to bring the kingdom of God with all of its kind of benefits to the world, to, to expand that around us. We're not here just for ourselves. We're not here just to create a nice little club together either where we just kind of bunker down, hang out, and hope that Jesus comes again soon. You know, that's not what we're here for. I mean, that'd be great if he did come soon. I remember leading up to my GCSEs exams, really praying that Jesus would come again uh, before my exams because I wasn't convinced I'd done enough revision. But clearly, that was a long time ago and he didn't answer that prayer. Uh, But if we're just sitting around waiting for that to happen, then we're missing the, the food of what he's given us to do. And actually, that's, we're not creating the conditions for him to work in and through us. We have to have that food needs to be a desire to, to go on mission with Jesus, to, to see his kingdom advance in the world around us. So the warning is really that if we're going to be a people that expand the kingdom of God, that's what Jesus was saying to these guys, I expect... In my kingdom, there's mustard seeds. It's a bit like a mustard seed. It's like yeast. That actually, there's life here. And actually, there's, it's the plan for my kingdom is to see it grow and be big and influential. The warning is that if we don't cultivate, cultivate the right spiritual conditions in our lives and our lives together, then we're not going to see the kingdom expand in our life and in our world around us. You see, it's not inevitable. It wasn't this just thing that's going to happen and we're all like robots that just go along with it. Jesus is looking for those spiritual conditions to see his kingdom grow and flourish in the world. Tragically, many Christians are serving God with all of their might, but the kingdom of God is shrinking all around them. They're not seeing God bringing salvation, healing, freedom, justice, all the things that he came to bring and can still bring now. Many churches start well, and you can see God using them really powerfully, but then something changes along the way, and it dries up. It's a warning to us all. None of us as as Christians should ever sit back and be complacent. None of us churches should ever sit and think, well, with a church, of course God wants to use us. Well, he does want to, but he's looking for the spiritual conditions where his kingdom life can really take root and flourish and grow. If it was inevitable, then no church would ever shut, would it? But sadly, churches do shut all the time, don't they? And so there's a warning in there for us all to say, come on, are we cultivating these conditions necessary to see the kingdom grow and flourish? Have we taken our eye off the ball? Have we lost our focus on these things? Have we, have we strayed from saying, okay, God, I'm gonna, we're going to make sure that there's the life of the Spirit amongst us. We're going to be fully kind of embracing of your love for us and being secure in that, and we're going to be focused on mission, those spiritual conditions. Or have we just got distracted to be discussing, uh, I don't know, what color the curtains are, or, or whether we're using instant coffee or filter coffee, or any of those kind of things. We have all those debates as well, so I'm not, you know. <laughs> you know, uh, and we get distracted by these things, don't we? We get so distracted by so many things when actually we then take our eye off the ball, the key things, and suddenly before we know it, in 10, 20, 30 years, there's, there's 10 of us in a room remembering the good old days. We mustn't allow ourselves to get to that place. Sometimes we can be strong in one or two of these areas. We might be really hot on mission, but you know, there's not a lot of life of God in us, and, and actually we're, we're not really engaging with knowing God ourselves and his love or we could be strong in that and not in that. 
but actually all three are needed to see those things take place. So how do we keep growing on these things in our lives? Well, I think, first of all, we just have to take stock sometimes and think, okay, where am I strong in these areas? Which ones? We all have our preferences. Maybe you're someone who, who loves prayer and, and, and loves kind of the things of the Spirit, but actually, you know, you, you really struggle to think about mission and, and telling anybody about it. Maybe you're someone who's very connected with how much God loves you and your relationship with Him, and there's a real close kind of father-child relationship there, but you know, you don't, you're, you're a bit worried about praying for people or seeing uh, the gifts of the Spirit come. You know, we all tend to have kind of areas where we're strong and, and preference, but actually the first thing for us to do is just to stop and prayerfully go to God and say, show me where I need to grow. Are there the spiritual conditions in my heart for your kingdom to really grow like that mustard seed and like that yeast? But it's also really, really important for us to be connected together as a church. Uh, the church is God's idea. Now, it's a temporary one, you'll be pleased to know, uh, that actually church won't exist in heaven because we'll all be one big glorious community together. I don't know if that's like something that brings you joy or not, uh, but in heaven it says that there's no pain or suffering or regret. So even if you sometimes find church a bit of struggle here and you think, well, for eternity with all Christians, I don't know if I can cope with that. Don't worry, God says it'll be okay because somehow he'll make it glorious, okay? Um, but the tr truth is, church is God's idea. Communities of believers together who encourage each other, who strengthen each other, who give each other encouragement and warning. We work together to say, look, we want to see God's kingdom come in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. That is his idea. And when we're not connected together, then there's more and more chance of us missing doing God's work, isn't there? There's more and more chance of us just going off on our own little kind of way with our own agenda and our own ideas and we miss what God wants for us. Uh, from time to time, it just can become trendy to dismiss local church as unnecessary to Christian life. And, you know, I can get by with just me and God, particularly even after lockdowns and pandemics and stuff, which has just shaken all of our habits, hasn't it? That a lot of people, I know lots of people who just say, oh, I'm just not really that into going back to church now. And even though church isn't perfect by any means, by any means whatsoever, no church is perfect. We need each other, don't we, in order to walk this Christian life together. And so, like it or not, being connected together in communities of believers is God's plan A for bringing his kingdom and seeing his kingdom come in the world around us. We've got to help each other to grow, to keep each other on track, to keep each other accountable and saying, how are we getting on with this? We want to make sure we're not losing focus, missing what God wants for us and keeping our eyes together. So we must make sure that we're not people that are just actively kind of or attending somewhere, but not actively involved. Maybe you're part of this church, maybe you've been part of this church for a long time, and you think, yeah, that's my church. But actually, how much is your active involvement now in this body together, in this community? Have you think, yeah, I've done my time, I've done loads of stuff, I, I serve loads and loads, and now I'm just going to kind of just go along and be there? That isn't God's plan for you. Your ability to serve and, and do things might have changed over the years, of course, but actually your heart must still be, Lord, I want to see your kingdom come. I still want to see your kingdom come. Whilst I'm still on this planet, I want to see your kingdom come in whatever way I can. And asking God, help me to sh show me how I can do that in the most effective way. Because the world around us needs churches that are full of the Holy Spirit, 
that are proclaiming the love of God because they received it themselves and they're passionate about bringing the kingdom of God to the world around them. You know, it's not just about us. The world needs churches like that. Our town needs churches like that. It doesn't take you long to walk around our town or to connect with people around our town to know that there is a lot of hopelessness out there. There's despair out there, particularly at these times, but there always has been, but even more so at these times. If we really believe this stuff, if we really believe what Jesus has said in here, if we really believe what we've been even singing about this morning, then we need to recognize that God, the kingdom of God is for the people out there. And it's so important that we don't miss that in any way. We must be doing everything we can to ensure the conditions are right in our own life and in the life of us as a church for those mustard seeds and that yeast to grow, ferment, and grow into everything that God has got. I love that picture that Jesus says about the mustard tree, about how it grows big, and that's where the birds come and find rest and where there's shade for people. That's really a picture of the church, isn't it? That actually it should be a place of refuge for the world. The people that are running to the church, the community of believers, because they see something different there. They see the kingdom of God there. They see the love of God there. They see the life of the Spirit. They see people who are generous and caring and loving towards each other and to the world around them. And it's like this tree that people run to because they're, they're, they're dying in the hot sun. And actually they've come for refuge in the church. That'll only happen when we build those conditions, create those conditions in our hearts, and we see God's kingdom coming. So it's a parable, it's a strange story, it has hidden meaning. There's encouragement in there, and then there's warning in there. If you're disappointed and weary and despondent this morning, then there's encouragement in there to say, keep going. Small things lead to big things in God's kingdom. And if you're just checking out and thinking, uh, I've done my bit, I've done my time, okay, it's up to others now, then there's a warning in there for you saying, don't miss don't take your eyes off, the, off what the conditions are needed for the kingdom to grow. It's not going to be inevitable. You have to, we have to work, all of us, hard at these things, keeping our eyes on the ball in order to see God's kingdom come. Let's just pray um, as we finish there. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words to us. Lord, we thank you for your unconditional love towards us. I thank you that your heart is to see your kingdom come. You, you taught us to pray it. You said your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I know for all of us, our, our, our heart's desire is to see your kingdom come in us and through us. Lord, we really do long to see um, as churches, we want to be on fire with, your, with you. We want to be on fire with your spirit. We want to be engaging and close with you. We want to see you working amongst us. We want to see people saved and healed and set free and see justice brought, Lord. We want to see, we can think of nothing better than your kingdom, Lord. When we look at our own governments and political systems, Lord, we know they don't have the answer, Lord. If your kingdom rule was extended across our nation, it would be incredible. And Lord, we want to be people just in our little drop of the world that bring your kingdom, Lord, in our families, in our social circles, in our workplaces, Lord, in our geographical communities. We want to be people that bring your kingdom and show people your love. Help us, I pray this morning, Lord, where we need encouragement. I pray that people would just 
feel that some of that disappointment would lift off them and they would say, yeah, I need to go again. I know that I can just kind of put my faith in those mustard seeds of what I'm doing, believing God to have a bigger effect than I can ever imagine. And for those of us who may be taking our eye off the ball, Lord, and, and, and got focused on other things, bring us back to that place of investing in the right things. We want to create the spiritual conditions in our hearts, Lord, and together as, as believers where those seeds can really flourish, take life and grow and become a refuge for many. Lord, I pray that for London Road here, Lord. I pray for these guys. I pray that this church would grow and continue to grow. Thank you for the heritage, Lord. I thank you for what you've done in them and through them in this town. But Lord, we want to pray that the future is just bigger as a, tr as a mustard tree, that it would be bigger, stronger, and have greater reach than it's ever had before. Lord, that it would be a place that many, many come and find refuge in the gospel here, Lord, that find life, that find freedom, that find justice. Lord, we want to pray that for them, Lord. We want to pray that you would really just bless them in that way and do what's needed, Lord, to bring more life and fresh life in them and amongst them, Lord. Thank you for your, your truth to us, Lord, and just help us. Holy Spirit, we, need, we all need your help with this, we pray. Amen. Amen. when uh, Ben was just playing then, he mentioned the word flourish. And uh, flourish always reminds me of a certain person, David Minton at London Road. And I know that what Ben was saying about the mustard seed continuing to grow and flourish, I know that the seeds that David Minton shared at London Road are still growing, are still flourishing. And don't you want that? That's exactly what Ben was saying. Don't you want that for you and I, that when we're gone, the seeds that we sow now are still growing, are still flourishing. So thank you, Ben. That was a superb message. Really good. Thank you. The, um, the song that we're going to sing now, um, I hope links in. Uh, Liz, I'm not going to blame Liz, but Liz, Liz chose it. And the song that we're going to sing... I think really links in. And the chorus says this, shake up the ground of all my tradition, break down the walls of my religion, your way is better, your way is better. So we're gonna sing it, and then I'm gonna come and say a few words, and then we've got some other stuff to do. So let's stand and sing, make room. Every burden, every ground 
like surrendering to God this morning? Do you feel like surrendering it over to him once again? Do you want to carry on sowing little mustard seeds that can grow into mighty trees? In the bridge of the song it gave us the idea of traditions and religion being broken up and shaken down. Traditions can be good, they can be honourable, they can be respectful. But sometimes in the past, the church, we, have been guilty of just being caught up in tradition for tradition's sake. When God wants to do something new. He wants to do something new in you, something new in me. If I, if you, truly want to surrender to him we need to make room we need to make room for him to do what he wants to do not just in my life not just in your life but here in Lowestoft and that might mean that we need to break down some of our traditions some of our religious ways in order for us to really encounter his presence and know his art his heart ben spoke about the right conditions for god to work we need to create the right conditions in our own heart in our own minds for god to work we need to create the right conditions for god to work here in lowestoft If God wants to do something new, what if he wants to show up in a way that makes us all feel just that little bit uncomfortable? But if that's the cry of God's heart, and the cry of his heart is for revival, the only way that's going to happen is with you and I being filled with the Spirit, sharing his love in this community. I, and hopefully we, want to see him in ways that we've never seen him before here. So let's get rid of those obstacles and all the things that stand in the way of really experiencing a true and wonderful mighty God. Ben mentioned that when we pray we sometimes have low expectations. I'm very guilty of that. But maybe we should pray with some great expectations and maybe make that little mustard seed grow into a mighty tree for the right conditions for God to work. Amen. If you feel that's you this morning, I certainly know that that's me, then please come and break down some of those barriers in our prayer corner. Come and ask the prayer team to come and pray with you. And believe you me, God will move in a way that hopefully you've never experienced before. Before we finish, 
Will ask me to come and stand with us. And all the deacons, I'm going to ask to come and pray with Liz before she goes into hospital on Friday. You'd think she'd suffered enough living with me for the last 30 years, but she has to suffer a little bit more with an operation. So I just asked the deacons to come and pray with Liz uh, for Friday. And if there's family and friends, they can come up as well. More than merrier. Father God, we um, lift her up to you now. Lord, you have said you will never leave us or forsake us. And we pray, Lord, as she has this operation, that she will know that you are there with her. She will know your presence. Be with the surgeons who will do this. And we pray, Lord, that this operation will be a success. Lord, you are healer, God. And you use men who you have gifted. And we pray, Lord, that you will oversee everything. And as healer God, you will heal. We just lift her up to you again, Lord. Amen. Father, I just want to pray for Andy and Liz. Father, I just firstly want to pray for any anxiety that they may feel. And that will be natural for them to feel like that. And to be concerned and worried of going into something that is... Um, an experience they've never been through before. I just pray for the practical um, circumstances that they'll find themselves in, getting backwards and forwards to London. May the journey be smooth on Friday as they go to um, St George's on Friday evening. Pray for Andy as he stays um, up there while Liz is having her op. I just pray that you'll calm his nerves, that you'll be in... Um, give him peace um, and that he'll trust in you for everything for all his needs over this situation pray for liz um, as she will have her operation on saturday father we thank you that everything went so smoothly last week and they are both very reassured by the surgeon and feel quite peaceful so i just pray for that father and i just pray that you your healing hand will be on Liz and that this operation will go well and that she'll recover quickly. And I pray that she'll be rested when she comes home and not come to home too early, um, as I know she would want to do, Father, but I just pray she'll be sensible in it. Be with her, Father, as she goes down to the operating theater. That's always a scary time. But I just pray your peace upon her and also upon the family. And also, Father, for the next six weeks, when she comes out, she's got to go up every week. Um, I just pray for those journeys that they'll go smooth and that everything will be well-oiled. And just pray as a church that we'll be remembering them daily in your prayers. And may they feel upheld by the love we have for both of them. And we just thank you for them. And we just pray um, that they will just know you in a very special way and that experience your love, something that they've never experienced before. So, Father, we know all will be well. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. I won't cry. <laughs> I can't make that promise. Father God, I pray that you should come now. I pray that, Lord, you would send your Holy Spirit to rest upon this couple. Lord, fill them from the soles of their feet to the top of their heads. And we prayed together last week. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to say the same thing to you. As God says to you, you are not the Cinderella. You are the princess. And he promises over this next week, month, six months, however long it takes, He's going to hold both of you in the palm of his hands. And you will never be alone. So God, again, I say, please fill this pair with your Holy Spirit and bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Let's just close the service. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you, Lord, that it encourages us. It rebukes us. But, Father God, our desire is to do your will and to see your kingdom come here on earth. So we pray, Lord, as we go out from here, that we will make our lives receptive for your word make our lives want to do your will make us want with the power of the Holy Spirit to tell others what a great God we have and so Lord as we go from here pray you will bless us and keep us may your face shine upon us and be with us all, now and evermore. Amen.